Welcome to Smart Branding, a podcast dedicated to branding, naming, and domain names. I'm Tatiana Bono, and with my guests, we try to help you create and grow strong, memorable, and meaningful brands online. I believe time is one of our most precious assets, and so I want to thank you in advance if you decide to spend the next 30 minutes with us. I promise to do my best to make those worth it. Let's go. So hello and welcome to our podcast, the first one for 2023. And our guest today is Tracy Lamuri. She's the founder and managing director of Lamuri Media, Media sorry, uh, and an international award-winning publicist. She has a wealth of experience with uh, the entertainment industry, small businesses across borders and industries. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to have you, Tracy. You have the honor of being the first guest for the year. Thank you for making the time. Well, first of the year, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm thrilled to be on. I know we've been talking about it for a while, so I'm excited to be here. Wonderful. Well, let's start with a bit of a background. Tell me, like, how, yeah, what, what's your story and how did you end up working in PR? So it's a funny story. I'll try to tell it as quick, a condensed version. <laughs> but so I was in, you know, my my husband and I both worked in just, you know, entry level sales when we were in our 20s. We were also young activists and it was the early days of the internet because I'm 53 now. So, um, <laughs> so in the, in, I guess in, in the mid nineties, you know, when we first got our internet, you know, we're looking for, we'd had a radio show a few years before that and we didn't have the radio show anymore. Um, it was at a college radio, so we weren't in there anymore. We were used to being reporters though. We were used to sort of gathering information. So the early days of the internet came on and oddly enough, and this is strange for a business, but this is literally how my journey to where I am in international award-winning publicist kind of started, even though it was a bit unrelated is I wrote, I learned to write my first press release in 1998 for a cause basically we found out and this is nothing to do with any issue we'd ever been involved with it's nothing personal we didn't know anybody you know we'd never been involved with anything before but we heard about a, a man on pennsylvania death row who was claiming to be innocent and his name was jimmy dennis and nobody was doing anything about it and we thought ah how innocent can this guy be but because we'd been sort of still in that reporter frame of mind it was interesting and we i don't know what made us do it but we we my husband and I wrote a letter. We're like, okay, how innocent can this guy be? Let's see. And he mm -hmm. ended up sending back uh, documentation, enough stuff that was really disturbing. And then we thought, oh, geez, well, well he spent, you know, he wrote 20 page letters, sent us all the information. Here we are, two 28 year olds. You know, what do we do with that now? We don't even have a radio show anymore. So now we're like, well, we have. Mm -hmm. A, a responsibility because what what do we do just say oh well thanks that was a great story to read thanks mm. <laughs> you know so we thought what can we do we can't really do anything we didn't have money in those days i certainly wasn't a publicist so my husband learned to make a website because it was the early days of the internet and i learned, oh to, write press, I learned wow. to write a press release. so i learned to reach out to media in a long story short we had several years ended up being an 18-year campaign he was finally released he was actually released oh, wow. on evidence of factual innocence Thankfully, in 2017, when the world understood that he was innocent, finally, oh and how goodness. that affected my trajectory. So by that time, I was, you know, 47 or something. But a few years before that, and meanwhile, we'd still been working in sales. That was just, you know, nothing to do with money. It was all not for profit. And it hit me when I was 42, which is a decade ago, I'm 53, or a decade and a day, a year ago now, that um, I could use some of the skills that I had used and had learned over that time to deal with media. We'd gotten ourselves, you know, for that story on all kinds of major national news outlets in the States and Taiwan was difficult to do that. Nobody was talking about wrongful convictions in those days. Um, anyway, I learned how to write a press release and I learned how to do it effectively. So when I was 42, mm. and I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what struck me one day that never struck me before, but it just hit me. And this is where the lesson could be for any listener. It doesn't have to be something like that, but you may have something in your life that you're good at, that you've developed a skill at, or you, you know, you're passionate about, you've never turned it into 
I never thought about being able to make a career out of it. So mm. not the death penalty stuff. I never would have wanted to make any career out of advocacy or get paid for that advocacy work. But that skill that I had learned to put together a press release, to know how to reach out to media, to know who to reach out to, to know how to, I realized huh, mm. that's something that most businesses don't have. And mm. every company, every large company in the world has a communications and PR department, but entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, we're thinking about marketing. We're thinking, we don't think about, about this. So what I, you know, 10 years in now, I've been hugely effective in getting messaging for clients across industries from creatives to entertainment, to small businesses, to local businesses, to major startups, to household name companies, all kinds of stuff. And, um, more and more lately, I've been speaking to small businesses and entrepreneurs and solopreneurs about how to get, how to build your brand. I call my talk, how to build your brand without ever, you know, your global brand without ever spending a penny in advertising. I've never spent mm. any money on advertising, right? So mm. you can do that, but also you should be looking at this, which is building your brand by thought, you know, you've heard thought leadership, by taking those opportunities to speak about what you know, to get out there, to get on stages, to, to, you know, make sure you're nominated for awards, to make sure that you're seen. So there's one thing mm. to do everything, but then you need to be seen doing it, especially now when there's all mm. these different platforms and, and it's beyond social media. People understand social media now, but media, old school media, television, radio, newspapers, and then blogs and podcasts, which are also part of media, you know, is that third party credibility that you can't, you know, you, you can have all the social, you can have a beautiful deck, you can have whatever, but when you're looking for investment or when you're trying to in, in, impress your customers or when you're trying to differentiate yourself from the other person who does the same as what you do, having, being quoted in, in national, local, global media is hundred percent. It's golden. Mm, it builds everything. Absolutely. It everything. Opens up yeah. everything. Yeah. I love that. And um, I'm, I'm going to backtrack on something you said at the beginning. And then um, when you mentioned how you actually figured, Oh, I'm actually good at that. Even yeah. though it's, it's not what you, you know, you, you didn't do it for that. And um, yeah. it's very funny. It reminded me, uh, it reminded me, um, I had some like creative photography course and, and we had a funny experiment where um, we had invited a psychologist and we were doing like uh, some exercise where effectively she was inspiring us, you know, to take pictures. But she had one question that was not related to that and kind of stuck with me. It was more like, because you have people oftentimes wondering, but what, what can I do? You know, what am I good at? And a lot of people are stuck in, in careers or in, in jobs that they don't actually like. And oh, it was very, everybody is. exactly. Yeah. I say, and I'm like, I can't wait to get to work. You know, geez, I wish we were going to yeah. Like, are you crazy? No, I actually yeah, like, uh, I <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I know. And uh, yeah, her, her answer was, well, think about what do people reach out for you for? What do, what do people ask you to do often? Like not not work, like family, people. And and it's very funny how that immediately kind of everybody have asked that question. They they immediately have that. Oh, they come to me for and like somebody might be working. I don't know in a whatever like some technical whatever job and they're like oh my whole family like all of my friends come to me when they want to write a thank you letter or when they want to yeah. whatever and something that's not at all related to what they do but that's what they're good at and that's why they love doing and it's a very very cool way to kind of because you don't that's realize great. i never thought about it that's really it's true yeah, yeah it's i know true. It's, it's, my whole life have asked me be, to help with writing since i'm a little kid Mm. You know, literally, like some 10 years old. Can you help me? Like my Alice would ask yeah. me to help me. 
I never thought that would be, you know, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And when she said that, I was like, I, I literally have friends from high school still reaching out to me saying, oh, I'm uh, doing this, whatever presentation, can you like have a look? Uh, can you uh, help me write it? And it's been like 10 years we haven't seen each other or more. Yeah. You know, and it's, and it's, it's, it's crazy. So I do some writing now, but she's like, yeah, I can definitely do more. So yeah, that was on that. And I just I thought I drew on my face, but no, <laughs> good stuff. And um, yeah, I like the other stuff you just said about um, building a brand and getting publicity and getting your name out there and uh, without spending a penny. And now the reason I like that is because actually spending cash, people think, oh, that's expensive, that's whatever. That's the easy way of doing things. And the problem is as soon as you stop paying, it's gone. It's not it's not sustainable, it's not expandable, it's not, you know, unless you yeah. I don't know, you're born a gazillionaire. And even then it doesn't tell you how do people really react to it. You know, you can just keep buying exactly. traffic, you can keep buying adverts, like you know, throw enough shit against the wall and some will stick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but really what you know, but how much at what cost, right? Whereas yeah. At this, you're getting stuff that you know, just what you know, because when you see, like, like you know, people are excited when they're featured in these main publications. And it's funny, one of my clients told me literally, and I always quote this in podcast because it's such a good story. I repeat it, but it's really important people get this, right? Mm. Is that after six weeks of work, and I'm not saying this to brag, it's to indicate how power PR can do. After six weeks of working together, she said, you changed my business and my life. And when I was like, <laughs> well, that's quite the accolade. <laughs> what, what, give me more. What do you mean? Right. She said she was looking, she was a, a, looking for seed funding in her business. Right. Mm -hmm. And she said, you've made investors take me more seriously, period. Mm -hmm. Because weeks of working together, she had set three interviews, two podcasts. Um, and uh, we put her up for several awards and she won one award for innovation in her industry in the UK, even though her industry is mm. only working in Canada so far. But mm. that kind of international recognition, then all of a sudden you put that in the bio, you put that in whatever. So again, it's going to, if I'm going to, like me, myself, if I'm going to go do business with a company, I usually Google them. Right. Mm -hmm. Imagine. Gonna, so, okay. Yeah. I lost my train of thought. If you have another question, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> uh, you know, you were talking about your clients and that investors started taking her seriously after. Oh, yeah, exactly. So like investors, um, that makes all the difference. Investors, you know, I go, I say, I go to a, uh, if I'm going to do business with somebody, I go and Google them and see what they have. Mm. So, sure. If I was going to be giving them a million dollars or $10 million or whatever, I'm going to be Googling the potential companies that I might be giving money to. Right. Even just on mm. Google. And if, and if one of these companies has a beautiful, deck and they have great social media that all looks fantastic but the other one has beautiful deck great social medias and three interviews and an award mm. and i haven't even given them my money yet they're obviously so human nature is going to be a, you know not, so not only for investment but it also differentiates you from your competitor it mm. uh, excites your existing customers and then they'll share the media oh look this is my hairstylist this is my real estate agent look oh they were just interviewing mm. me whatever and the, it, it sort of, you know, excites your current. And it's funny, like, I mean, everyone, it just really signifies success in a way that mm -hmm. you can't buy. You know, you have your great aunt, Edna. Oh, I didn't know you were doing so well, honey. You know, everything, it literally from your, your family to the potential investor, to the client, to the customer. So it just, it, it's, it elevates you in a way nothing else can. Mm -hmm. Getting quoted on that, and you can't buy that. We're not talking about things, like you cannot buy being quoted in Reader's Digest. You can't buy mm -hmm. being one quote on TV. You can buy an ad beside the, the article, but you can't buy that, you know, 
illegitimate. Mm. It's a different, know. yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think, but you 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 used a very good term for it: third party credibility. That's really something that makes a difference. And uh, there are, like, I'm not going to mention names because I don't want to, you know, be backstabbing certain publications. But there are like some very known global publications that everybody knows you have to pay to be featured there. Exactly. And so the exactly. credibility of that is like, yeah, you just pay for it. So what? You know, you're not telling me you're I good at something. You're telling me you can pay. Yeah, because that actually hurts your credibility. I, like, you know, I never ever do that or pitch my clients to them because then it makes it look like you're buying media with all your other stuff. And then when you get legitimate mm. media, you know, which people don't realize, some people don't know the difference, you know, but absolutely. Mm. And people asking you to get featured and, you know, that's a PR tool is a different thing than media. You know, if you need something tomorrow, you need an article about yourself, it's not on your webpage and you need it to whatever, so you can show or to get other media, whatever, fine. There's, you know, tools for that, but that's mm. different. And like you said, and everybody knows, you know, anybody in the industry knows when I, if you buy five articles like that, and then I say, I try to use that as a basis to get you more media, make mm. media know you just bought those. They're not going to respond to that. Mm. It might be the only time when it might be worthwhile is if you want to put your story somewhere, if you want to have a long mm. form of your story, but even then be very careful. Yeah. Like, I mean, generally I say no paid media. <laughs> And when I, if I, if I accidentally pitch something that I didn't realize was like that, like, you know, a podcast or something and they come back and they say, Oh, that's great. Yeah. We'd love to have your client on. Even if it's a $10 charge, I say, no, you know, we don't pay. My clients are there because they, they're experts giving incredible information of value to the listener. If you want them, mm. you, know, you know, you have them on, they're not charging you for it, but they're mm. not paying for the stage, <laughs> you know? Mm. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I can I can see the sense in that. So you've been then in in that space for quite some time. How have you seen PR change and being affected by by technology in general? And now, like most recently, with uh, artificial intelligence. And how do you see all that changing yeah, well, and shaping up? We'll see how our artificial intelligence. Um, <laughs> well, I've seen some great writing, but you know, still, I think it's not going to really affect the publicist too much because you need the strategy. The writing is mm. only a, a component of it. First, you need to figure out who, who wants this message, where should this message go, what you know. Me, so there's a lot, whole bunch of things beyond just the writing. But well, I'm sure that will, mm. you know, well, we will see an impact. And I've already seen some clients say, "Oh, you can do the writing. We also have this tool if you want." I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just do the writing. That's cool. <laughs> you know, um, but. Uh, what I've seen change in the last year or so even is that is SEO people are starting to hire publicists, like SEO professional agencies and stuff mm-hmm. are starting to hire publicists because they're starting to see, learn that what they've been doing, you know, which is a lot of them, they, they, they'll get like paid articles. You know, mm. they recognize, Google recognizes those. Google knows mm-hmm. which ones are the articles. Google is not highlighting you. You're not getting your Instagram verification. You're not getting all these things with those articles that they sell, that all those companies that they pay you. It doesn't, it's not a thing. Mm. So now agencies, and funnily enough, some of them will call them PR, and it's, they're not like, twice this year, a, a PR agency, quote, <laughs> has tried to hire me. They're basically an SEO agency trying to get into PR, right? But what mm. they're doing is they're hiring, try to hire me, to get the public, no, I did it. I get, got the clients to media. And this is what you do, but please don't call yourself a PR company because you're not mm. doing that. You're doing SEO. So there's a lot of confusion about what PR is. People get it confused with promotions and they get it confused, you know, it's all related with marketing. With, but a great mm. example of the difference between PR and marketing and advertising is in a, I can't remember who originally said this. It wasn't me. I wish I had, but it was a, se- a senior publicist, a gentleman, S.C. Simmons. I can't remember his name, but he there's a great quote explaining the difference. One is says, "If uh, if a young man takes a woman out on a date, 
and he tells her how successful, how, you know, amazing he is and all that. That's advertising. If he tells her how brilliant she is and what a great conversation she is and how pretty she is, that's marketing because he's telling the right, the right thing to the right person. If somebody else tells her how great that guy is, that's PR. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah, that's nice. That's you know? very simple to explain. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. There, there's that saying like if you if you can't explain your job like what you do to to a three year old, you're not you're not uh, that much of an expert. You have it has yeah. to be really like you have to be able to simplify it. So that that's a very good one in that respect. If yeah, you so had pretty- like uh, magical powers and you could stop entrepreneurs, brand owners, personal brand owners from doing like one thing that you see as a mistake, what would it be? I think spending a whole bunch of money on advertising, like you said, just throwing things in the wall thinking, but I get it because they don't have it. They think, okay, I got to get the right idea. I got to get my message out there. How can Mm. people know what I'm doing? But that's the only tool they know. And I've seen people spend a whole lot, like, you know, look at real estate agents, for example, everybody Mm. knows five real estate agents. You can't leave your house without seeing an ad for real estate. You know, they they spend a lot of money on the bus ads, on the real, everything. Well, 99% of them don't know that if they hired a publicist instead for one bit of that money, that we'd be sending them 10 different, because every single day I see media asks for real estate. What, you know, looking for an expert in real estate, talking about what color you should paint your kitchen to sell it quicker. Looking for an expert in real estate, talk about predictions for the market in 2023. Looking for, like literally every single day, they don't, and the media doesn't go to the avatar. They don't, you know, go to the yellow pages and just pick up a guy from the ad. Why Mm. not when there's so many? Because they're looking for somebody who can give a good quote, who's media friendly, who they know is not going to be mm-hmm. advertorial, but they're going to give the answer editorial, you know, so mm-hmm. you've got to get yourself in the mix. And if you don't have a publicist, you can do some of it on your own. You can start thinking editorial as opposed to advertorial. Start thinking of what do I have? What knowledge do I have? What can I say about an existing story or what story do I have to tell? And then, mm-hmm. you know, start figuring out how to reach out to your local media, but you got to do it very carefully because you can burn as many bridges as you can build, mm-hmm. you know, if you do it wrong and they won't open your next email. Mm-hmm. So what makes, uh, I'm sure that's a, like, you could probably spend hours talking about that, but what makes or what differentiates a good PR campaign from a bad one? Um, well, basically strategy is, again, you don't want to be just throwing something up against the wall. You want to be thinking, okay, number one, you need excellent messaging. And then number mm-hmm. two, who is going to be open to that excellent messaging? Is this a, is this mm-hmm. a television news story, which is a very, you know, they've got 25 minutes and they've got, a, you know, that's a very high bar. Is it a magazine? Is it more of a newspaper story where they have more room to talk about? And, and even then, is it something that that audience will be listen, interested in? So really strategy. It all, it, mm-hmm. it, there's a whole bunch of components and you're good at PR, basically three things is communication connections and strategy <laughs> and, mm. and you know putting those three things together makes all the difference mm. and I, I can't help myself uh, uh, because i deal with domain names I'm, I'm gonna ask you about that as well so like from where i stand and i've been before i got into domain names which has been like the past five years i, I was i had a web development agency software and web development uh, i was in marketing so then i got into domain names and i realized even though i've been like in tech for almost 20 years now i was getting domain names wrong like i was seeing them as just that technical side of things you know like set up an email put whatever that's fine yeah. and then i realized oh hold on a minute like if we're talking about pr you know uh, now like you even like da- down to the email you're sending from and how people react to that. Like I get all sorts of messages and it, it, it does come across differently when it's, you know, yahoo.com and when it's some really good 
brand match, you know, short, memorable domain name. Also, like the recall, like when you're sharing, you know, printed or whatever radio information, would people remember that name to be able to reach, et cetera, et cetera. So in your experience, what is the role? Where where do domain names come into a successful PR? Oh, 100%, like you said. So you want something that's, you know, easy to spell, hopefully, and easy to remember and representative of you. Right. So those people, mm. but definitely uh, I've stopped some clients, but if it's something or and something, hopefully, you know, it depends what you want to do, but hopefully not too long. You want something that fits nicely on like a T-shirt if you were going to do a T-shirt mm. or something, you know. Um, so think about this, you know, how long it is if you, so that you can use it on marketing stuff. Uh, what, you know, what does it speak to you? Does it feel like you? I also mm. think it's important to be genuine and not generic. Like it's mm. really, you know, um, different again, differentiating yourself. So mm-hmm. something that, you know, put thought into it. Don't just be like, you know, Bob's hair design or something, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> about, you know, I mean, you could, and maybe like Bob is a real presence and you're going to have a logo and you're going to, you know, so yeah. there's no way to absolute, <laughs> but just make sure you think about what you're doing, right? Like, and mm-hmm. that, that, um, and it's funny because my company is Lamori Media and you know what, because mm-hmm. I started as a freelancer and I got so big in my name so fast that by the time I thought about starting a company, like an actual, you know, kind of freelancing. By the time I thought about, um, you know, like incorporating my company, which had been incorporated for two years, I was already so like Lamori PR, Lamori Media was really well known, mm-hmm. at least not like at a global level, but I mean, you know, it's not, it's not a, with media, with so I didn't want to change it and go backwards and start thinking mm-hmm. of a more clever name and could I have thought of a clever name? And so my name is, you know, associated with my brand. But mm-hmm. my brand is very vibrant. I'm well known and I, I'm genuine in what I do. And I'm Tracy Lamori. I already was known for the activist stuff. I was known for other stuff. I was known for, you know, so mm-hmm. but if I don't know if that's the name I would have chosen if I had, you know, sat, sat down and said, okay, I'm going to start thinking of a, of a, mm-hmm. of a name. But, because, but yeah. it actually works, you know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but also yeah. Lamori, you know, it's an uncommon name and it sounds like Lamore is like love in French. And, mm-hmm, you know, it's mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of, a, you know what I mean? So it kind of works. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah. it does. It does. I was going to actually ask you about the, the you know, how, how it came about. And it's funny because that, that's, I mean, why I work in naming. It's so like fascinating the, the way people like some, like you said, some people sit down and have a think and, you know, come up with some story. Other people, it's your name basically like came to you yourself it's and and i've seen stories like that as well where it's effectively the audience naming the the brand or the personal brand it kind of itself yeah. comes about like I was yeah. a freelancer when i started i didn't know how big it would get how many clients would get how local global you know so i was just thinking oh i'm just great tracy mm. you know and then that just segued into but because and because my name like when you google my name now there's so many interviews and everything else mm. it's like i'm an asset to the business right yeah just from that now so yeah Cool. So how, I mean, I'm going to match two questions into one. So the, that's going to be, um, what type of individual or company do you work with? So what's, what's the type of person or company in terms of like location, size, um, I don't know, stage of development, who can reach out to you for help? And what does the process typically look like? Yeah. So it's really interesting. The answer to that is really interesting because I, I really go, I, I, I can turn away, like I'm at the point of my business successful enough that I can turn away as many projects as I accept and I don't have to, I don't have to say yes to things I can, I mean, I have to work, but I mean, I have a mm-hmm. choice of, of projects, right? So the really, the one thing that comes down to it is if, if I am excited about it, if I like, and I could be, you know, it could be something that I, I already know I'm affi- affiliated with or I, I have an affinity for, you know, like an yeah. author or 
or it could be, you know, something new, like a startup that's just been introduced to me. Like, you know, one of my, but it's the person, it's the, per, it's usually the person and their passion for what they're doing. So I mm. want to work with founders or with either, either a business or something doing something really good that hits my socially, you know, whatever said, but mm. other than that, it doesn't matter because it's really about the person. It's like, I have a founder in a recent company, she's a flooring company. I never thought about flooring in my life. They, she's mm-hmm. started a sustainable flooring company and it's really cool like just you know in the industry it's like you know yeah and, but talking to her and her excitement about it and her it's what i'm like yeah oh yeah it gives me the ideas of how i can effectively work mm. so basically i i work across industries literally I, i'm proud to say i work across industry from creative like i said to small businesses to like authors to you know whatever right up to you know bigger startups like you know i'm talking to some fairly well-known big big companies um and, but my sweet point is really because it's, f- it's most fun to work with either a creative or a small business person, entrepreneur or solopreneur, and help them build that dream. That's my mm. most fun thing. So it really doesn't matter as long as it's something like I feel their excitement and something I can get my head around. And like, you know, that's what it is. It's not a particular industry or a particular size of company. It's more like I would know after a conversation, yeah, that doesn't really resonate. I think it's important, mm. that, you know, and when you're choosing a publicist, that they're excited about what you're doing. That they're not just like, mm. oh yeah, yeah, we can do that. You want to see, oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know what I'm already thinking. You want them to actually. They have to be. They have to really understand your audience, mm. which means they really have to understand you. They have to really get what you're doing. So if you mm. feel like you're going through the motions, or you know, you're just talking to the corporate person, they're going to be sending it. A lot of time with big, big, big name companies, you may get on the phone, mm. you know, a senior, and then they're, but then they're jobbing all your work to a junior. You know, because you don't really know who you're dealing with. It's a big. So, most importantly for me is that I resonate with the project, and I think that's success. Is that you know I get to choose how I want to fill my days. Mm. And uh, that kind of wraps up nicely um, with where we started. Because when you started, you were saying, and I, I wanted to get back to that um, that um, a lot of companies, smaller, especially yeah, small to medium businesses. Uh, people who run like personal brands. So, so they don't even think of PR. They, they're like, oh, that's for the big companies out there. I'm, I'm not, yeah. you know. And, and they end up... <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I, I, it really speaks to me from where I stand with domains because it's very, very similar story where people go, oh, I'm not big enough for that. You know, that's the, the big guys. And it's like, yeah, but if you look actually, even if you backtrack those big guys now, when they were smaller, they were thinking big already. They were thinking about, you know, exactly. how do you get there? Because otherwise you just can't. So, yeah. And there's yeah. no, you know, from the PR perspective, people think, oh, you have to start small. I had a story I tell a lot too. I had one client, 26 years old, a life coach, like a million other life coaches, you know, on paper, nothing to really differentiate her from everybody else. Zero media. People think you have to start small. Like The first media that I got, whoops, hold Losing my thing here. The first media that I got for her was literally she like the day after she hired me, I made the connection with a good housekeeping reporter who was looking for a story that fit hers, her personal backstory. And the next day she did the interview. And then when it, so her first, I mean they took a few weeks for it to publish, but her first media ever ever was the print edition of good housekeeping magazine which is on every newsstand in the world not only that it was a cover photo it's cover story her picture wasn't on the cover but the story was on the cover you know how mm-hmm. it is like five. so mm-hmm. her first so there was no having to hire me for three months and do little things and small but it doesn't mean every day you get the top the big thing but mm-hmm. you could get 
you could get a giant thing the same like when you have a publicist you don't know what's coming out that day what we're mm-hmm. looking for opportunities for you you know it's going to be everything from the middle grain one bit to all of a sudden oh i found something here and good morning america wants to interview you mm-hmm. you know or or newsweek or you know this rolling stone or so you're you know but you don't have to be you're not looking for they're not asking for the they know where to go find you know microsoft or they're not (laughs) all executives of the world they're looking for entrepreneurs in different industries at top so you need to get in the mix what happens is like entrepreneurs in every industry are literally watching you know those old laverne and shirley or you know lucy shows where they'd be like doing factory and there'd be like all these things going and they couldn't (laughs) you're literally missing all these media opportunities and just saying nope Mm -hmm. not advertising just things like can you comment on this Spend yeah. half an hour doing it, or you know, and then boom, the next thing you know, you're in. Like that's how you get two or three of those. Then all of a sudden, as seen in Good Housekeeping, as seen in Reader's Diet, now you get other income streams. Number one, your business yeah. is becoming more successful. You're able to get more, you're getting more clients. You're differentiating yourself from the competitor. You might be getting investors if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. But also, now you might be getting speaking engagements. Mm. You might be getting, so there's that, someone might ask you to write a book on your expertise, you know, or to, mm. you know, never know, because this is how stuff happens. This is how you get out there. And there's a million, you know, opportunities to do it. Now we have email, you can reach out to, you know, reporters, you can be connected. But again, mm. it, it, you have to really know how to do it. So like I'm writing a book right now called Get Rep, Build Your Brand with Effective Public and Media Relations. Half of it is about how to know when you need a public, how to hire public. And the other half is giving you some advice on what things you can do on your own. But again, if I can impart on one thing before you ever reach out to any media on your own, make sure you really have edited yourself. And it's advertorial, not advertorial, it's editorial mm. information, information of interest to the editor. And, you know, not because you want a free ad, because they'll be more than happy to send you to the ad department, their businesses mm. too. But, you know, actual, you're, you put yourself in a bit like, a, you know, a position of how I tell the story. And if you're not used to doing that, since I'm hiring a publicist like me, I work internationally. Um, can, <laughs> even, if, even if you just hire a publicist for a month or two or three months, you know, and then you leave it, at least after that time, you're going to A, you're going to see how they're, how they're presenting you. You're going to see how they're pitching you. You're going to see the language they use. You're going to get, you know, you're going to also, your mind will be expanded onto how much interest there is about what you do. Mm. If you do and if you email, mm. right? You know, so. Absolutely. And you kind of touched on my last question. What's next? What's new and exciting for this year? You said you're writing a book. Yeah, I've been writing that book for a couple of years, though, because I never stopped. Okay. <laughs> well, now now I said it's for 2023. It's You're going to have to finish it. <laughs> yeah. so I finally, I've been really, you know, usually I'm so busy doing my other client stuff and I get more excited about that. And then I'm like, oh, I'll do that later. But I've been trying to be really disciplined about that and getting at least an hour, a couple hours a weekend. So this probably will actually come to pass this year. But also there's a million projects that I've even just started and I'm already super excited about. I just had a conversation today with a major, major event and it's going to come up in South Africa for people across the African diaspora, the whole thing. And it's got everything from fashion to business to, and it's like an impactful event that it's going to be taking up some mm. of my time. But I mean, I'm working with like some really cool projects and I, I always am, you know, and I'm always, you ask me, like, I mentioned that one because that's a conversation I just had. <laughs> if you ask me a few hours, I'll be talking with the other projects I'm super excited about. But I mean, that one is particularly, you know, so that's like a global thing. And then I have, you know, authors that just want their first book that have been talking mm. to me, waiting for their release and they're ready to come. I have, you know, small businesses that have, you know, been waiting to for their launch now january's are launched and they're ready to go and so this is actually a super busy time after two weeks that was like too slow for me you know i'm waiting for <laughs> to get over the holidays yeah. <laughs> i have a lot of writing to do, but now we're back into like okay what are we what are the exciting things we're gonna do this year and there's just 
so many from from entertainment to beauty projects to you know impactful projects like that across it so really i don't i never know what's going to come what i love most of my work is i never know what's going to come tomorrow you know but i plan more travel i plan to do more of it like i have um you know in the mediterranean right now for the last two months after a speaking engagement Mm. instead of in cold canada so passport <laughs> will travel like you know go wherever i need to go so anybody around the world no matter where it is you know or virtually again i would love i also like to you know offer here's the advertorial part i'd love to <laughs> offer any of your any of your listeners if anybody's interested but thinking you know okay that's great but how would it actually work for me my business i'm happy mm-hmm. to do like a 20 minute 30 minute conference call with anybody where we can actually get there you know they can understand Huh, what what that you know how what we would do for them personally and mm-hmm. then if they want to get started i'm interested in new projects as always cool stuff yeah we'll we'll definitely include all the all the links to how to reach you in the interview thank you that's been really fun i'm sure we can talk for another couple of hours but uh yeah let's try yeah, we'll do it again try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll do it. i know i know i do i do have that i do have some guests i'm like yeah we could we just have another podcast and um i'm actually thinking of doing that this year like have another addition to the series where we have second time guests but we focus it's not on a bad particular idea topic. Because it's something that I come yeah. through. I'd love to tell people like some nitty gritty stuff about like what you can exactly. do. Exactly, we can focus on little topics. Yeah, like here's five things. things you can do after the podcast to start elevating mm. your own. But you know, once you yeah. And, but first, they had to have understood why and what PR is mm. and all that stuff that we've exactly. talked about today, right? So Very yeah, cool. I'm happy to do it any other time. And I'm, I'm back in the south of France for Con Film Festival in May, so maybe we'll connect. Yeah. Then. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely reach out. I'm I'm here. Cool stuff. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Smart Branding Podcast. Feel free to visit smartbranding.com for more information and reach out if you have any suggestions, questions, ideas, or just want to learn more about how a good domain name strategy can help you build a strong and successful brand. See you next time.